0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something.
2: Howdy everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of the ESO twenty fourteen Dragon Con Con Report. All right. Dragon Con twenty fourteen is less than one hundred days away. Hey. Wow. It's Their panic is so palpable, they're just speechless.
1: No way. No
2: way. Usually they're screaming at this uh, point. I'm
3: in the first stage. Denial. (laughs) I'm I'm in denial, and then I will soon be bargaining.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely still in denial.
2: (laughs) When we started these, we said, of course, it is never too soon to prepare. But guess what? It's not too soon now uh (laughs) it's too late
3: to prepare now
2: (laughs) i know there's still you still have a little bit of time you're just gonna have to use it wisely (laughs) uh i'm your host mike gordon and i'm pleased to introduce to you the rest of our station crew starting of course with director mike faber hi everybody how's things going everything is peachy keen and yourself now now you don't have a lot of prep to do before Dragon Con I mean, not costume-wise. Not costume-wise. Not costum- costume right. Well, I am
1: going to probably do a costume this year. Ooh. But I'm keeping it hush-hush right now. Wow. <laughs> but then again, a couple of people have already accused me of looking like it, so, you know, not even going to go there with, well, the, <laughs> hair, with the hair and the goatee and such.
2: Right. Yes.
1: You hippie. Yeah. <laughs> dirty, dirty hippie. Dirty hippie. <laughs> No, DragonCon. I have tons of things to get ready for. We have already two or three live podcasts that we have to plan for. That's true. We have panels. We have people we have to schedule to interview for the for the shows, and you know, we just you know that alone is mind blowing. And I still have to try to get a podcast ready for to submit for the uh, ESO being nominated for a Parsec Award. Which is a very cool honor, indeed. Exactly. So we have to get that all together by mid-June. After that, I can breathe for 10
2: seconds until the rest of the stuff starts up. <laughs> yes. Well, even if you're not dressing up, there is a lot to prepare for, as we, as we well know. So and we're going to talk about more of that stuff as we uh, go into our show tonight. But also, another crew member that we have back with us is Darren Noel. Thanks, Darren. Hi. How are you boys tonight?
3: And, and uh, the lovely lady.
0: Thanks, Darren.
2: Yes, of course, we have Still, Mary Lou like, yeah. with us as well.
0: Hi, everyone.
2: So, very cool. It's good to have the, the gang back together on the show. <laughs> the gang. So to speak. I'll flip some signs here. <laughs> exactly.
1: You talking to us? You know, are you talking to us? The gang
2: is back together. Yo, yo, yo. We got yo, the, yo, yo. We got the band back together. And we certain. have no street cred, people. Just now yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So moving on. Uh, (laughs) Later on in the show, we're going to chat with Kevin Batchelder, of course, the host of Dragon Con for Newbies Facebook group. And we're going to talk about the pocket program. Yes, it's uh, it's cool stuff. Um, And it's definitely something that everybody needs to have at Dragon Con. So it's a vital piece of of, uh, information for you guys. Uh, we're also going to be talking to Michelle Biddick-Simmons about the um, Drop by DragonCon the group that she's put together. Very interesting stuff. Um, she's put together a group. Um, initially, it started for people who wanted to lose weight uh, for, by DragonCon as a goal. And uh, it's become so much more than that. So we're very looking forward to uh, talking to her about that. Uh, I'm very well, proud to met. I am a member. I, <laughs> I, I am a member as well. So as of th- this afternoon... So I joined the group, so um, – and that's going to be um, – that's – I can't wait to talk to her. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, in our cosplay snapshot, we have – with us the lovely Nicole who has an interesting challenge that she's going to talk about uh, as far as her cosplay goes this year. This Earth Station One special report is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, help ESO out by going through our link. It doesn't cost you anymore, and it helps us out a lot. Um, if you'd like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057, or feel free to email us at eso podcast at gmail.com. All right. We're going to get started with some news and notes. Not a huge amount of news, but I did want to um, also – w- I wanted to go over a couple of dates with you guys. Um, May 16th – I know that's past, but that was the final day of a $100 membership. So if you wanted to get your membership rates at $100 or less, you've blown it. Uh, but there's still time. To get them for about 115, and you think, well, that's way too much, but it is going to be actually even more than that at the door. So, um, you know, you have to kind of take it as it comes. And uh, July 18th is the final day of $115 membership rate. So you can still get your, your passes for $115 for the whole weekend. So uh, please get your tickets. We can't stress it enough that you want to get your tickets as early as possible. So please uh, don't wait. Get your tickets now. Also, um, if you do are interested in being a guest at DragonCon, there is still a little bit of time. June 30th is the date that guest applications close. And you can find out all the information about being a guest if you go to uh, DragonCon.org. You can fill out the form there and uh, submit your form to be a guest. So uh, they'll need a little bit of information, but the form tells you everything you need to know. So um, there's still time to be a guest at DragonCon. Yes, and
1: do not believe when you see an ad on Craigslist when you say, Be a guest at DragonCon. Call this number. Uh Uh-uh. Don't follow for what? that.
2: One. Yes. Only go through dragoncon.org to become a guest. I think that's what all guests have to do. I mean, I've, I was talking to some people uh, sort of in the know at Dragon Con, and uh, they were basically saying, you know what? Dragon Con doesn't need any more to ask anybody uh, to come. They get requests all the time. So basically, uh, the event is big enough that uh, they don't have to go out and get anybody. Uh, people come to them. So, um and there's guest announcements all the time, which leads us right into the guest announcements for um that we know for the month, right? Oh yeah, we got them. You got them?
1: Uh, we got them. We're ready to give them to you. Sit back, folks. Here we go. I'm gonna work with the lovely Mary Lou who on this list. So, I'll get started, and this one is going to be the first name I screw up tonight. It's going to be Diana Petrofund. Diana pentrafund is a science fiction and fantasy writer best known for her young adult killer Unicorn series and her post apocalyptic retelling of the classic For Darkness Shows the Stars.
0: Elizabeth Moon has published 26 novels, including Nebula Award winner The Speed of Dark, over 35 pieces of short fiction in magazines and anthologies.
1: Anne LeMay. According to her co-workers, Anne is a fire Pokemon by day. By night, she fights crime with her cats. As part of her civilian cover, Anne is a 17-year veteran of the video game
4: industry.
0: D.B. Jackson, who also writes as David B. Coe, is the award-winning author of 15 novels and several short stories. Thieves' Quarry, the second volume of Jackson's Thief-Taker Chronicles, has recently been released by Tor Books.
1: Clay and Susan Griffin are authors of the Vampire Empire trilogy, the Greyfair, The Riftwalker, and The Kingmaker Pry by Pry Books, which blends high adventure, steampunk, and romance.
0: Suzanne Church is a Canadian author of science fiction, fantasy, and horror.
1: Fraser Kane is the publisher of Universe Today and co-host of Astronomy Cast.
0: Kirk Anderson is a professional magician, mentalist, and lecturer. His illusions include vanishing automobiles and hanging from a crane to escape from a straitjacket.
1: Dr. Michael Schumer is the publisher of Skeptic, a monthly columnist for the Scientific America and the author of the Believing Brain and Why People Believe Weird Things.
0: Dana Gill is an executive editor with Ace Rock Books and Berkeley at Penguin Random House, publishing science fiction, fantasy, and horror.
1: Gil Gerard's coming back to Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Gil, of mm. course, is best known to DragonCon audiences as Captain William Buck Rogers in the classic television series Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Tom Fleming,
0: four-time Chelsea Award nominee, worked for the largest companies in the entertainment industry, including World of Warcraft, Magic the Gathering, Heavy Metal Magazine, Marvel and DC Comics, Dark Horse Comics, and many movies and TV productions, as seen on his IMDb page.
1: Susan Fitchelberg is a children's librarian, is the author of... Encountering Enchantment, A Guide to Speculative Fiction for Teens. She has presented programs on fantasy and science fiction for teens and adults at national conventions and professional library association conferences.
0: Frank Ippolito. Frank has enjoyed more than 13 successful years in the industry, working on notable films like Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3, and has appeared as a two-time competitor on sci-fi's hit television show Face Off.
1: Lee Ehrenberg is best known for his portrayal of the Hello Poppet Pirate in the Walt Disney blockbuster Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He currently appears on ABC's Once Upon a Time as Grumpy.
0: Cool. James R. Tuck is the multi-published author of the Deacon Chalk er, series. He's also a professional tattoo artist and photographer.
1: Friend of the show, also. Very much so. Yep. And next, of course... Captain Picard himself, Patrick Stewart, ah! oh, and
3: we lost Mary. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: Damn! Patrick Stewart <laughs> is an English film, television, and stage actor. Oh, we all know who he is. Thank exactly.
2: That's, Mary, that's have you sweet. have you ever met
0: Patrick before? I haven't actually. Every convention that I've been scheduled to like be where he's going to be, he has canceled. So, ah, oh, uh, so
2: he's avoiding you.
0: Maybe. maybe. It's possible. Exploded. He had probably heard how I acted around man, Shatner and ran man, to the maybe hills. Maybe
3: he's not the only one in the station with a restraining order. <laughs>
1: oh, I mean. right,
0: just, yes. just
3: thinking, just thinking.
1: <laughs> You're up next, Mary.
0: Okay. Justin Gerard is an artist inspired by mythology, literature, and nature. He is known for his classically inspired illustrations of fantastic creatures and mythological figures.
1: David Nichol is known as sci- to sci-fi fans worldwide as Stargate Atlantis's Dr. Radek Zeneca. David can now be seen regularly on CW's Arrow as well as Disney's upcoming Tomorrowland. Who is he on Arrow? He's uh, the Russian guy.
2: Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. In the
0: submarine, yeah. Yeah, the submarine.
2: very cool. Ah, wow, that's awesome. Yep.
0: Yeah, he's really awesome. He's been at TimeGate a couple times. He's really funny.
2: Wow! I totally didn't make the connection that he was the same guy. He's really good because I didn't. Yeah, Doctor Zelenka. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't even I didn't even match that he's the same guy. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> he does a really good job, like with his accents and stuff, and he really speaks Czech, I think it is. So he can kind of do all that accent. Yeah, cool. Tiffany Trent is the author of the young adult books, The Unnaturalists, The Tinker King, and the Hallowmere series.
1: Tom Hutchins is the founder of the Mandalorian Mercs, recognized by Lucasfilms as the elite Mandalorian costume organization. As accomplished armor smith, Tom's unique Mandalorian armor, creations have won costumes across the U.S.
0: Gwenda Bond is the author of the young adult novels The Woken Gods and Blackwood, with Girl on a Wire, coming in October 2014.
1: Chris Vickers is the co-host of the Misguided Souls radio show on the ZTalkRadio.com and lead investigator with Shadows of the Paranormal. He was featured on Travel Channels and My Ghost Story, episode 23, where he talked about one of his most interesting urban legend investigations.
0: Tallulah Love has performed, taught, and produced shows all over the world. Notably, she produces the DragonCon burlesque show. She was Pin Girl Magazine's February 2013 cover girl, and finally, she is a contributing author along with Alan Moore in A Steampunk's Guide to Sex.
2: Nice. I'm glad she's back because she did a fantastic job with the burlesque show last year as well as the pinups by the pool, which uh, was just a a great time. Uh, Michelle R.
1: Griffin is a psychic and paranormal investigator. She is a contributing writer. In Destiny vs. Choice by Marie D. Jones and Growing Up Psychic by Chip Coffee,
0: The Geckos, an accordion slash keytar rock band from Florida that writes songs about sci-fi, video games, and space pirates.
1: The Blibbering Humdingers is a com- comedic <laughs> wizard That's rock... That's
3: happens on Monday morning at the
1: con. <laughs> oh, damn straight. They're comedic wizard rock and Harry Potter filks and good goofy music for nerds.
0: Grant Imahara is one of the hosts of Mythbusters on the Discovery Channel, where they use science to prove or disprove urban legends. He is a former ILM special effects artist who has worked on numerous films, including the Star Wars prequels, Galaxy Quest, The Matrix Reloaded, and Revolutions.
1: He also is the creator of Jeffrey Peterson. That's right. with On the Late Late Show.
0: Hmm. He Perhaps is?
1: He, yeah.
0: I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) What do we mean? We're trying to get Jeffrey Peterson to be one of our co-hosts on our show. Uh,
0: (laughs) Since he's
1: he's going to be unemployed soon. Yep. (laughs) Where else does he have to go ESO? Exactly. Constance G.J. Wagner is a writer, poet, and Tolkien scholar and has spoken regularly at both academic and fan-friendly events nationally and internationally since 2005.
0: Our old friend, Phantom Troublemaker, is the host of Monstrosity Championship Wrestling, the owner and operator of NeedlessThingsSite.com and the Needless Things podcast, and co-host of ESO Network's Doctor Who podcast, Earth Station Who. Phantom has been a strong presence in many pop culture panels, especially about toy collecting.
2: And we are yeah. very proud to see him on this list. Yes, Ooh. we
1: are. And you cannot miss him at the con. at Don't all. Know. Just look for purple and green. You'll know mm-hmm. who it is. John F. Sokol, background of 15 years in law enforcement, five years as an insurance fraud investigator, two decades in the airline industry, three of which were a computer forensic investigator. He will give a unique perspective about the pitfalls of living safely in our computer society.
0: Jay Smith is the award-winning author and producer of several audio drama series and podcasts, including HG World and Hidden Harbor Mysteries.
1: Um. People we just saw this last weekend, the Ken Spivey Band, um, will be at coming back to Dragon Con again through the Brit Trucks. And they're a Victorian steampunk um, Celtic uh, band and with a Doctor Who
2: slant to them.
0: Pandora Celtica is a five-part acapella group performing pirate, Celt, fairy, and fandom music.
2: I actually heard them on the... Uh, on the uh in the lobby uh, of one of the hotels, uh, performing there. They're really good actually. So I'm looking I've forward heard them to them too. Yeah. I'm
1: looking forward to that and I love Celtic music. So that's perfect. Jody Lynn Nye lists her main career objective as spoiling cats. She has published more than 40 books, including collaborations with Anne McCaffrey and Robert Asprin and over 115 short stories.
0: Sean Crystal is currently an artist on Deadpool.
1: Alexis Cruz is an American actor known for his performances, Raphael in Touched by an Angel, and as Ascara in Stargate and Stargate SG-1. So,
2: I think, uh, isn't this an anniversary for Stargate? So that's why we're probably going to see a few more Stargate people. It the, is. It's it the
0: is. 20th anniversary? I think the it is movie? the 20th.
2: Yeah, it's 20th anniversary.
1: Yeah. Wow. So, wow.
0: Yeah. Matt Frank has contributed covers for the IDW Godzilla Comics and was the interior cover and cover artist for the for Godzilla Rulers of Earth. He is also the artist behind Transformers Spotlight, Trail Cutter, and Mars Attacks the Transformers, and is art director for the video game Colossal Kaiju Combat.
1: Awesome. Larry Flaxman is the author and researcher on a mission to inform, empower, and entertain those f- fascinated by the paranormal. Best-selling author of seven books, including 11.11, the... Time, profit, phenomena, the meaning behind mysterious signs, sequences, and synchronicities.
0: The Brobding Nangian Bards are back for a Dragon Con reunion with a new CD of Celtic Absurdity. They take traditional Irish and Scottish folk songs, mix it up with Lord of the Rings music to create a unique band, brand of Celtic filk.
1: L.M. Davis is the author of three uh, young adult novels, uh, Interlopers, a shifter's novel. Posers, a shifter's novel, and Skinless. She holds degrees in English with areas of specialization in African-American and Native American fiction. And a critical race theory. Wow. <laughs> and they've uh, just announced, actually, over the last couple days, that uh, Colin Baker, the six doctor, is coming back to Dragon Con.
2: Yay, hey, there'll be a doctor in the house.
1: Yes, I think this is the first of many... Uh, Familiar names that we'll be reading from the British world or the other side of the pond, as I like to say. So I'm looking forward to seeing Colin again because we saw him last year at TimeGate, actually. And they made a big announcement today. Yes, Yes, they did. Mike
2: is like hopping up and down. Do you want to announce it, Mike? Yes. uh, Well, I uh... They announced today that Amy Acker will be returning uh, to Dragon Con this year. I think she was there last year. If not, that it was the year before. But I know she's been there fairly recently. But uh, yes, uh, of course, she's best known probably for her work on Angel. Um, she had a recent Poor appearance friend. on – poor fred <laughs> she had a recent appearance on agents of shield and of course right now she's been impressing the heck out of me on as root on person of interest so she's done a ton of other stuff too i can't think of anything that i've ever seen her in that she's actually like you know sucked at but i think um, the last thing other than
1: person of interest that i had saw her in was in the joss Whedon version of much ado about nothing
2: right right she was she's one of joss's favorites so she pops up all the time and in Josh's show. She she was on a she had a guest uh, appearance on Warehouse Thirteen. Uh I believe she played Micah's sister. Uh, so um yeah, she's uh she's really good at being sweet, and then she's really also really good at being like, you know, kick ass evil. So uh mm-hmm. especially the roles that allow her to do kind of both is uh, a real treat. But
3: well for DC fanboys she
2: was the voice of the huntress in Justice League Unlimited. So. Yes, that's right. Wow. Yes. So, a lot of good reasons for her to be at Dragon Con. So I'm very happy, so. And you know what? That's that's just the the start of it still. I mean, we haven't even really gotten to some really big heavy announcements that I'm sure there are to come. Exactly. So it should be kind of cool. So, so. I shortened it up for your listening pleasure, folks.
1: <laughs> and gave Mary all the hard to pronounce names. Damn straight, I did it <sighs> <of that>. properly. <laughs>
2: Well very cool. Well, thanks for the reading off the guest list, you two. Appreciate it. Uh one thing that I want to take time up to do on this episode is uh one of the questions that I get asked a lot uh about uh DragonCon from people who don't who have never been to Dragon Con is is it really family friendly? Um they uh you know there's this reputation that DragonCon has, uh somewhat deservedly so that uh you can't take your kids to Dragon Con because of all the shenanigans that go on that weekend. And <laughs> while I think we all know that shenanigans do go on at Dragon Con, I've never um, heard the like. <laughs> um I think there's still room. Uh obviously it depends on, you know, how uh flexible you are as a parent, but I think uh Dragon Con has gone out of its way Recently to uh, include programming, particular programming for children, as well as uh, take other steps to make it a little bit more family friendly. Now, Mike, you're the uh, the guy on the show with the kid. <laughs> so so what is your what is your feelings about because I know you take William there. But what are your feelings about uh, Dragon Con being family friendly? Oh, Dragon Con is very family friendly, friendly
1: during the day. Um, they have tons of tracks. Um, for the kids and such but you know the costumes are usually fairly respectable and you know you have the parade you know people bring their whole family down you know that's how we got involved with dragon con initially is you know when william was five i took him to the parade and because i had just moved here and you know i had heard about it and you know i wanted to check it out and see what it was like and it was Geek Nirvana basically for me But William was just as excited And he was like dad can we go in And I told him next year And we've been going ever since So William's literally grown up with Dragon Con you right. know, he, He's going to be 14 And like this year We're bringing him and one of his friends with To the show And you know we're letting them go off and do their thing And the thing is He'll probably be in some room playing computer games Most of the time You know or you know that type, you know, playing board games and stuff like that, you know, but they have, you know, a kid's panel, they have a teen panel. And of course they have, you know, a lot of the programming during the day is very family friendly at the, you know, either the interview, the guests and such, or, well, unless you get Barrowman, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I
2: don't think, I don't think, John,
1: <laughs> I don't think we
2: consider John Barrowman family.
1: friendly. No, no, not at all. But you know, You do get, but you do get, you know, a lot of like the big panels, like you get Stan Lee, you get, you know, people like that genre there who are, you know, speaking and stuff. And you could take the kids to and, you know, but then, you know, it comes 7, 8 p.m. That's when the family should either pack it up for the night or probably, you know, be very selective about what they do or what they see.
2: Well, I know that they've um, gone out of their way to put in some tracks that are specifically geared towards um, younger folk. Um, The animation one, uh, the – I believe it's called the um, uh, Kaleidoscope. Yes, the Kaleidoscope. It's about – that track is geared for 9 to 13-year-olds. They've got a puppetry track now. Um, and so that's, uh, I mean, granted, I mean, adults can go to them too. That's not to say that they're just, you know, for kids, but, uh, I think that they're kid friendly. Oh, um, very much so. Uh, for educational purposes, there's the science and the space ones. And you may say, well, those are kind of boring. Uh, you know, if you want to put your kids to sleep or whatever, but that's not the case for some of them. I know that, uh, some of the, the things that they do involve going up to the, um, uh, outside and, uh, they got a telescope. Uh, on display so you can actually go and look at uh, Stars and planets and what not
1: Oh it's uh, really cool the astronomy track
2: goes, Yes And
1: it's really nice what they do for the kids And even you know the geeky adults Who are big into astronomy In the evening they go out I think it's the Terrace of the Hilton That they right. go out on Yep. And it's amazing. Even though you're downtown, you could still get some, even with the city lights, you can still get some pretty good shots of, you know, seeing the planets and such.
2: I would say, of course, the young adult uh, the literature track that they've got now. Um, the um, I always see at the Robotics and uh, Maker fan track where they've got the Robo Wars. Uh, that event I always see a lot of kids at. Oh God, yeah, and it's fun because
1: you get you get some of the celebrities bringing their kids to that one too, right? Um, so it's that's kind pretty, of fun to see.
2: That's pretty spectacular. So there was a lot of programming. Um, I can remember back, uh, you know, maybe ten years ago, the Dealer Room. I don't know if I could consider that uh, family friendly or not. Um, not it's only cro- it just crowded. <laughs> well, it, it was extremely crowded um, and uh, and and very smelly um as well as a lot of the dealers had a product out there that was not necessarily geared for kids well i'll be you know i'll be pretty blunt on this one um a lot of the more
1: adult stuff is more like the corsets and the outfits um but it's not like sex toys and stuff you see at some conventions and it's you know i had no problem when william was like 6 or 7 walking through the dealer's room, um, seeing, you know. He couldn't reach the table. Well, no, because William – oh, William was fascinated already at that point by some of the, like, the swords and stuff like that. He thought they were really cool looking. But, you know, they keep them protected enough that a kid can't grab, you know, a sharp blade or something and do harm. right? And such. So, no, I'm not – I wouldn't be worried about taking a kid into the dealer room.
2: Well, it was back, uh, I can't remember times where the dealer room in the Walk of Fame was full of um, uh, uh, X rated uh, actresses um with booths and tables um and uh doing signings and uh that was i know that that turned a lot of people off but that hasn't been the case uh, it hasn't been like
1: it hasn't been that way for a couple of years actually yeah because i i remember you know they had wrestlers sitting you know who william wanted to see sitting right next to porn actresses and right such. Yeah. and you know i felt a little uncomfortable about that but if you go to the walk of fame now if they don't Really have that that much? They have maybe they would have someone like Elvira or something like that, but nothing. Yeah,
3: Elvira's like, not porn, though. I mean, no, I, no. Let's no.
1: But what I'm saying, clarify that's, that. Well, so. No, 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 no. Let me rephrase that because you know now I'm saying they would have someone like Elvira or something. You know who? You know some people who are a little more conservative.
2: Well, it seems like they've replaced, and this is smart on their part too. Um, but they've replaced a lot of the the centerfold models and the porn actresses for cosplayers exactly uh so now you can find you know like yaya's down there and uh, uh ricky uh, is down there riddle is down there so um you know and i know they've got other cosplayers as well that have their booths and their businesses as well and uh yes and some of them can dress provocatively but you know, and I mean, it all is. I mean, you're, look, you're if- all,
1: any anything like this, you're going to get people trying to drum in business. So you're going to have women showing cleavage, or you're going to have something skimpy, but you're not going to have overly flaunting it and right. such. Especially, especially, you know, during the day. Like I said, you know. During the day, you're going to see some, like I said, you're going to maybe see, you know, somebody in body paint or something who's not wearing anything else other than a thong and pasties, but they're all painted up. But I don't know if I'm I'm different than most people or something, but I don't have my of trouble with my son seeing that kind of stuff because it's costumes.
2: Gotcha. Well, obviously a lot of this is, you know, subject to parental guidance and whatever the parents are comfortable with, you know, that is the ultimate decision. But Oh, oh very much so. But I think you know. Dragon Con has gone like like we said out of their way to to make sure that there are at least programming for children as or at least young kids as well as, you know, the cosplay community has certainly embraced them, sure. I mean, if you want, you know, if you dress your kid up Um, they're going to, you know, that I don't think there's anything cuter than seeing like, you know, a little doctor who running around or a little Dalek running around, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it seems like, uh, they can't go five feet without having like tons of photos taken. of them.
1: No, exactly. And you're going to see kids eating it up, you know, loving the attention of being, having their pictures taken during the day.
2: Now, uh, a question that I want to ask uh, 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 Mary and, and Darren. Uh, now, I know that you guys probably don't participate in a lot of kid-friendly activities at Dragon DragonCon.
0: I don't know no. how to take that. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, However, I don't know. should we be offended right now? I mean, I no, mean, no, 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 we, no, no. We
3: go to breakfast. What are you saying is breakfast? <laughs> a little not
2: family friendly. I- Depending um, what you're wearing, Darren. My question to you guys is <laughs> is is the trend of of Dragon Con becoming more uh family friendly, more kid friendly. Does that like, you know, does that kill the buzz a little bit?
3: Well, I I think whenever you get 55,000 people under the same roof, roughly, um, you're going to see some clashes of culture. And I think there's definitely a difference between Dragon Con during the day and Dragon Con at night. We've we've said before that usually around dinner time, around that 6 to 8 p.m., more towards the 7-ish hour, is when Dragon Con tends to ramp up the more... um, scantily clad costumes and people have had a few drinks in them by that point and things tend to shift away from what is family friendly to let's have a good party but that doesn't mean kids have to go home at that point because there's still that kaleidoscope programming going on right you know so it's not like you can you have to like oh my god johnny no no don't look um i've been to dragon con before you know, tons of times, and I've seen behavior that I would necessarily say was good to have in public, but you really do have to kind of seek that out. You you have to be at a party in the heat of a rave to watch two people who have lost all their inhibitions doing something. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've taken it maybe a step too far, and by that I mean there's public nudity or there or someone has passed their limits and has now embarrassed themselves in a horrible way or something like that.
1: And the um, pictures will be up on uh, Instagram in, um, very
3: soon. Yeah, in a, in a heartbeat. Um, there's really – except for you know the ABC party and people going to it, I don't think there's much that kids will see at Dragon Con that they've not already been exposed to.
1: No, not at all. If so, they watch you know, cartoons or movies or something, you're going to see people dressed like that.
3: Yeah. I mean if you let your kid watch a horror movie – You've seen they've seen far worse than any nudity costume, in my opinion, would ever be. You know, I, and, and usually kids, you know, the younger they are, the more they're going to need a nap. They're going to get cranky. You're going to naturally want to take them home or put them into you know your hotel room for the night and tell them to go to sleep. You know, I, that's just you know kids get cranky because they don't get enough rest, they don't get enough food, and they're tired. But once that kid starts hitting like William's age, like Mike said. I could see him. You know, he's he's hit that time where things are changing now for him, and of course, he's going to want to you know be more involved in some of the more nighttime activities because that's just natural
1: progression. Exactly, and a lot of the nighttime stuff, you know, got to be selective with what it, you know, because a lot of times, especially in the evening. We, you know, sit out in the lobby and we take pictures of a lot of the costumers because that's when a lot of the more elaborate costumes come out. Mm-hmm. And there's been one or two times I've had to tell William to turn around because, you know, the guy who was dressed in nothing but a lay. Yeah. So, you know, it was just like, uh, dude, you, you know, you don't need to be wrapping your junk in lays, you know. <laughs> and I don't mean potato chips. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I know, I know.
2: Wow. Um, And I think it's not, you know what, though, I think it's also not just the the nudity or the the lack of uh, costumes uh, material on some folks at night. But really, you know, you get into that area around the Pulse Bar uh, anytime after, what, seven uh, at night. And that thing, that place is crowded. So it's not the best place for, you know, families and kids, little kids to be running around in anyway, because it's just, I mean, I I could barely get through there. Well, exactly. And, you know, like for this year,
1: like I said, you know, a lot of times now William isn't as much into some of the stuff that I'm into anymore. He's getting his own tastes and everything as the kid's getting older. And so he'll probably go off and, with his friends and such, which is fine with me as long as I don't get a call from Atlanta Police Department, you know. Sure.
2: <laughs>
1: True. Or, or Dragon Con Security, you know, that's yeah. even better.
3: Well, well, then in that case, I would say if you, if you have young kids, I would say – don't hang out in the Marriott after eight if you can help it because it is crowded and it is crazy over there, but you know, dragon con is crowded, right? That there's, there's no part in any hotel uh, except for the wee hours of the morning that is quiet
1: or or even calm, maybe like (laughs) 6am,
3: maybe between 5am and 8am. Sure. You can have a sane moment in a lobby
1: somewhere, but good luck. And also, you know, people with kids have to be prepared to figure out, like, feeding schedules and such. You know, the restaurants, like we've mentioned on the show multiple times, they're going to be packed. Yep. And, you know, be prepared, you know, for, you know, to go early or just be prepared to wait at the restaurants over at the food court, like the sit-down restaurants. I'm not talking about just, like, the Chick-fil-A. That's just a given. Mm-hmm. or stuff but you know like the diner the mexican place the irish pub you know how much kids love to wait when they're hungry exactly so <laughs> you know you got to be prepared for that because the restaurant in the marriott was it sear i think it is mm-hmm. is not very cheap
3: oh no none of the hotel restaurants are cheap
1: no they're not so for the cheaper food you have to go outside of the hotels which means more walking exactly or have pizza delivered good and luck then, with you know, that good luck well, with that <laughs> you know. And they, but they, um, How long actually, did it pa- take
3: you to get an elevator?
1: Okay? Yeah, good Think point pa- Papa John's be. actually got very smart though And they opened a little kiosk In the lobby of the Marriott They did, but during peak time They could not keep up No, of course they not They could not keep up So, you know, be, you know, that's the kind of things As a parent, you know We gotta be prepared for And such, you know It's like we have to plan times for meals And everything you know, we have to think of well, okay, what are we going to do breakfast? What are we going to do lunch? Or are we going to bring sandwiches and have them in the fridge in the uh, room or something? Yeah. You have to think of that kind of stuff also. And you know, for younger kids, you know, be you know, prepare for nap time. You know, because yeah. if you have a younger kid, you know, plan around that too. You've got to do all that kind of stuff. Hell, mom and dad might sometimes need a nap too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: That's true. I mean,
3: I, I've seen parents bring their kids to to you know all kinds of panels, all kinds of events, including Barrowman, um, and they knew what they were getting into, and I think they prepared their kid um, appropriately for you know sitting through that panel. It's not like all of a sudden, hey, Johnny, we're going to go see a gay boy. That's going to be fun. Um, I, I think part of that has to do with what level of comfortability you have, how conservative, how liberal you are. How your what your parenting style is?
1: Um, oh, that's true. You know, – you
3: know, there all are that. that's all subjective. So
1: because you, I've seen kids down in the Marriott at two a.m. Mm-hmm. You know, little kids with their parents. Yep, and stuff. So it just depends on your parenting style.
2: It can definitely be, I think, a rewarding experience uh, for for families for children uh, to interact with uh, diverse people. Oh,
1: very much. So. You know, my one of my proudest moments in my parenting life was taking William to the Dragon Con Parade and not telling him what kind of parade we were going to. And we were driving up Andrew Young Boulevard and there were people in full uh, Stormtrooper outfits. And he looked at him and said, Dad, what kind of parade are we going to? And from then he, we were hooked, like I said. And, you know, I was just – I raised a geek. I'm very proud of that. <laughs>
2: Mary any thoughts on you uh, from you on on this
0: um i don't know i mean i i I don't have any kids, so I don't necessarily feel qualified telling anyone what's appropriate and what isn't um It might About be you. a good idea for parents to go by themselves first for a day and and make their own kind their own decision I mean there are definitely things that I wouldn't have been allowed to see as a kid but I don't really feel qualified to tell anyone what they can or can't do.
2: Yeah. And that, and that's something I'm, you know, I want to make clear we're not telling anybody out there what they sh- should or should not do. I mean, that is a decision that you have to make as a parent yeah. or as a person. Um, I do think though that if you're interested in Dragon Con and finding out more information about, you know, what, what events are going on, or if you've got, if you're interested in taking children, uh, you know if you have questions, feel free there 's a lot of uh, uh, places online that it can help you i 'm sure the the people at dragoncon if uh, you know i think i don 't know if they have any sort of outreach program like that, but certainly. You know, um, any of the track directors can tell you whether or not their tracks are, are appropriate or what goes on and gives you a little bit more information about that. Um, certainly, um, any, any questions that you have, uh, you're free to ask us and, uh, you know, Mike can tell you about his experiences as well as a parent. And, uh, you know, the, the, the tips for newbies group is what that Kevin hosts is very good about, um, uh, just about giving you information that uh, you need to know to make those informed decisions. So, also,
1: you might want to uh, check with the hotels you're staying at. Some of them do have daycare programs.
2: Yeah. I think they got rid of that as a program for DragonCon, though. They did. There so, used to be one for
1: DragonCon. Right. But some of these individual hotels might be uh, offering it. Yeah. Or you yeah. could
3: just, you know, if if you have the money and the means, hire a you babysitter. Know, hire a babysitter. Yeah.
1: yeah. Exactly. If yeah. you have means... um some of these Dragon Con people, you know, if you know people, you know, who are going and or if
2: you want to drag somebody along as, you know, to watch the kids. But I think, you know, Dragon Con is trying to go uh, get out of the people's heads that that reputation that it had for not being uh, so family friendly. I think they've done a lot of uh, improvements on that end to make it more inclusive uh, for younger folks for younger geeks as well as for families as well, so uh, I think people owe it to themselves uh, parents owe it to themselves to check that out instead of just you know dismissing it as oh that 's one of those party cons we don't want to we don't want to take our kids there no, I definitely recommend
1: people to take their kids to Dragon con they will get a kick out of it.
2: Yeah. Well, very cool. Thanks, everybody. That was that was pretty good. I I was interested in in having that discussion because it's something that I get asked a lot, uh, especially from people who uh, only know of Dragon Con by its, you know, infamous reputation rather than its. uh,
3: (laughs) Mary, he's talking about (laughs) us again.
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, we have to have some kind of reputation and it wasn't going to be a good one.
2: That's (laughs) true. Holla. (laughs) <laughs> Very cool. Well, speaking of Kevin and his uh, newbies group, uh, he is here with us with another tip for newbies. Thanks for joining us once again, Kevin. Hey, my pleasure. Got some great stuff going every episode. We appreciate you guys sharing so much great stuff too. And we appreciate you as well. And uh, the topic, of course, uh, well, the topic this month is the pocket schedule, scheduling, um, how to work your schedule during Dragon Con, which of course is extremely difficult because... There's uh, so much going on. I know, uh, um, uh, just as a side note, a lot of uh, smaller cons are actually thinking about doing away with programs, mainly because of the cost and involved with uh, printing out all those programs for people and everything like that. At DragonCon, I think it's an absolute necessity, these programs that they have.
5: Oh, yeah. There's it just so much. And we've talked, you know, we've touched on it in a couple of the previous newbie segments, uh, but the Pocket Program, as it's referred to, with the Pocket Guide. It's got more than just the schedule, and that's one of the important things we think we want to make sure everybody's aware of. It's also oh, yeah.
1: secretly the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> you
5: right. go to so- a certain page in a certain light on a certain floor of the hotel. <laughs> there you go.
2: Yes, it should be. Yeah, you're, That's the first thing we should make clear, is that there is a program guy. There's a program book that DragonCon issues out. Very nice, and that has a list of all the guests that are uh, going to be attending. But then there's also your program pocket guide, which is a little smaller, a lot thicker, I think, uh, made of newsprint usually, um, and uh, and that has a complete schedule of events that are going on throughout all the tracks. Yes.
5: Yeah. Uh, this pocket program, as it's referred to on the Dragon Club website, like I say, when you pick up your badge, you get, uh, as Mike was saying, you know, one of these right there. You can pick up a couple extras if you need them. You know, a bit of a misnomer when they say pocket program, because again, at 125 plus pages, you better have a big pocket to put it in.
2: That's absolutely
5: true. Yeah, but it's got, as we said, the schedule, but you've also got uh, maps of all the hotels and the conference room floors, which is very helpful to know where certain rooms are. You've got the uh, line policy, which we've touched on, you know, how you can get in line, and you've got schedules for shuttle buses. Uh, As you were alluding to, lists of the guests, where their location is in the autograph area, known as the Walk of Fame. Um, Now they've also started to list, too, the DragonCon TV, which we haven't talked much about yet in the newbies. It'll tell you what channel it's on in the official hotels, as well as the schedule for when they're going to be broadcasting some of those big panels that you might not want to get in line for, or if you can't get up that early. Oh, trust me, it's the best way to beat a hangover sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's wonderful. And, and something too, as you were mentioning, some of the cons because of the cost, you know, are um, you know, not as enthralled with doing those because the entire pocket guide really is also available in the wonderful smartphone apps that they put out now.
1: Oh, exactly. And I'm probably, you know, going to go out on a limb and say this, but probably within five years, the pocket guide will be gone because it'll be replaced fully just with the electronic, um,
2: you know, app stuff. I yeah. don't know. That's that's optimistically thinking. I mean, after the um, debacle with the cell towers and the uh, usage last year, especially if you go downstairs, like in the lower depths of the hotels, you're basically your your phone, is, your smartphone, is useless. No, it's a great paperweight. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah the pocket the pocket programs are actually you know. Um, yeah they are necessary and uh i would definitely recommend also picking up a couple um as kevin said you can pick up more than one and you know if you're a guy like me who likes to keep souvenirs you want to keep one nice and mint because you're going to use the other one a lot and it's going to get bent and it's going to get ripped and it's going to get go through all sorts of usage just in those four
5: days yeah it's it's wonderful and a great thing too not everyone's aware that uh the PDF version of it is usually posted on the DragonCon website anywhere from a few days to a week or so ahead of con, so you can start doing a lot of your planning long before
1: you get to con. The only problem with the paper one, though, is if there are going to be schedule changes and such. No. Really? Schedule yeah.
5: changes at DragonCon?
1: Never happened. <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh, I I loved it when at one time I thought I was sitting in the proper room according to the the pocket guide, and, you know, for I think it was – I think it was for like an American sci-fi thing, and they didn't. I sat there for 20 minutes, and nobody was showing up. And it was like, <laughs> and they they said, "Oh, it's been moved. It's so it was so popular, we moved it into the ballroom in the Sheraton." It's like, what? <laughs>
5: yep. <laughs> that leads into the big benefit of the Daily Dragon, as it's known, which uh, for those who haven't been to Con yet, this is both electronic, uh, which you can get over the web but also in printed form available to all the information booths and most of the track rooms that every morning before sunrise it's printed with important changes like that, such as things that get canceled, moved, postponed, and so forth.
1: Exactly. And, you know, just be aware of it. You know, um, the Daily Dragon is awesome for that kind of thing. and You can get them at all the information desks
2: around the con. Yeah, and each yeah, day. It's also done. online as well. I mean, they have a website and everything like that. So if you want to check, you know, the internet before you leave your room that morning, you know, that should be up to date with all the changes too. And even that, though, I mean, Dragon Con, there's so much going on, and it gets so crazy sometimes that even the Daily Dragon can't account for everything that's that's happening that might be um, rescheduled. But then you also have the late late show that will help you with it too. Right, right. And but I think the key is is that if you're confused there's information desks at every hotel and don't be afraid to ask somebody. Oh exactly. And they I don't
1: know if they used to have but they used to have people walking around with uh question marks over their heads. The information guides. The people who used to uh be able to, you know, point you in the right direction and such.
2: I haven't seen that in a while.
1: Cause I think I, th- I haven't seen it in the last year or so. I think I just thought that was a Sim thing.
2: <laughs> I thought so at first, but they, they had, you know, official Dragon Con people. <laughs> I think they were just kind of capitalizing on the popularity of the Sims. And, uh, I think we were all in a big, huge Sims game that year or something. <laughs> Dude, you haven't looked around. We are in a big game, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> that's, that's what Con
5: is really, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's nice, especially that first year or two. You're going to look up a lot more than just the schedule in this book. Um, like we said, the maps, full details on any of the events. If you are someone like many of us here, you know, uh, on the podcast, you would like to go to or you speak at panels, you'll get the description in here, the room information, al- along with the very helpful pull-out uh, printed schedule. It's instead of uh, you know, in in shall we say, long form. It's got a nice short couple pages that look like a couple of Excel spreadsheets. I even think they post it as an Excel spreadsheet ahead of time. So you can kind of, once you do figure out what you might be interested in, use some color highlighters or at least have a, uh, you know, just a couple of pages to keep in the front pocket if you're figuring out where you're going today.
1: Exactly. And it's, you know, what we usually do is we sit the night before, like Thursday night, we all plot out exactly where we want to be in, in a different uh, color highlighter for each member of the family and it usually works out that way. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it combines with, you know, other things, but, you know, at least you'll know where you are. And, you know, if you're handy with a computer, it comes out pretty good because you could put it, you can import it to your phone or like Mike said, you know, if the phone's a piece of a rock.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they've done, they've done much better. The the app's been out now for what is it? Three years,
1: maybe at least two they've had it um i think this last year was the second year they had okay
5: and and you know design wise like i said it it's obviously helpful to get the most recent update of it but if you are having cell phone connection issues uh, it's still fairly current from the day before if nothing else to have the schedule in a in a fairly accessible spot and and they've designed it well so it fits decently on a on a smartphone sized screen there's also some other nice functions in there including access to the daily dragons as they come out and even a feature to uh, uh, basically uh, friend someone, if you will, a way to interconnect within the app. So there are some things, and those apps are free. I know they do one for the iPhone and also the uh, Android platform uh, in the past. I have no I, idea. If
1: they most, cover and when, when Kevin was saying that you know, you can add friends and such, usually you have to give the person your code to be able to see their schedule and such. You just can't add people on random and stuff. Oh, who's registered for dragon God. I'll choose that person. Yeah, I'll, way.
5: I'll skim through the 50,000 name list. Exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, oh, she's cute. I'll do her, you know, no yeah. yeah. oh, hey now Yeah, you know, that, that cuts down on stalking and everything. So, but you know, if you have a circle of friends, you could, it's easy to, you know, send out the numbers and invite them to connect with you.
2: Yeah. yeah. I know that uh, certain people have a lot of luck with that. Uh, I personally haven't, Gotten a huge amount from that, of but then again, I use the old school stuff, and I, you know, Uh, the good thing about the app, and we've mentioned this before, though, is that you don't need to necessarily be connected in order for the app to work completely. I mean, sure, it gets updates from, uh, you know, that's how it gets updates if you're active online. But if you're in a dead zone, you can still pull up the app. Your smartphone can still have access to the schedule, at least the, the most current one that it has. And it has access to the maps and the guest list and everything like that. So you can still use the app. You just won't have the latest and greatest until you uh, get the the next update. Exactly. And let's talk about the Dead Zone a little bit
1: real quick. Is that okay, guys? Yeah. Okay. Sure. okay. Um, a lot of people, you know, who go to Dragon Con, you know, this is an influx of 60,000-plus people because that's not including the DragonCon people. There's also football people there. There's other people coming in town for the holiday. But that doesn't even include the people coming down for the parade. You know, So you're looking at a ton of people. So these systems are taxed. Um, I personally have Verizon, and Verizon is like not having phone service at all if you go down – past the lobby of the Marriott. It um, dies real quick. But – and a lot of times, like if you have an iPhone or a Droid, the phone is constantly looking for some kind of signal. A way around that is if you want while you're down in the dead zone areas, especially for Verizon or such, is put your phone on Airplane mode. It saves your battery right there. Yeah,
5: immensely saves your battery. So and.
1: Yep. Exactly. And, you know, it's one way to help you guys out. So that way you don't have to go looking for a charging station, you know, three times a day. And, you know, with that, you know, I've heard, you know, people, friends of mine who have AT&T, they actually get very, very lucky and there, there's better coverage for AT&T in the hotels. Um, it also helps that right across the street from the hotels is this giant AT&T tower that almost looks like something out of Star Wars. <laughs>
5: Um, yeah, I've and, got an AT&T uh, phone myself and I definitely noticed last year much better signal availability than in previous years, so I think they've been beefing up the network.
4: I
1: think so too. And, you know, if you have T-Mobile or Sprint, um I think you're in the same boat though that Verizon is it. So, you know, you know, there's definitely ways to get around from, you know, draining your battery. So, and like we've been saying with the mobile app, you can still use it if you're offline. So, if you're using the airplane mode, you can uh, use the app to find, to see your schedule still.
5: Yeah. And if you're someone who has one of the phones or even a tablet for that matter, um, and you're in a spot where you do have internet access, there is a mobile version of the app that's just web-based. So even if they don't make an app for your platform, let's say Windows phone or something like that, maybe that they didn't have as of last year, there is a way to get the app experience just by going to a web link that they'll end up sharing as we get closer to cons. So, you know don't feel you're stuck if you only have a certain type of phone as long as it's got internet access and a browser again tablet phone whatever even your laptop potentially when you're in your room you've got a pretty good access to the same experience that everyone with the app does
1: no i agree completely there's multiple ways for you to get the schedules and you know show it with your share it with your friends or Plot it and such out that you can even play it. You can even put into the mobile app your own schedule if you have, say, you want to add the ESO event there that's not on the schedule. You can add that and your friends will be able to see that if they're connected to you.
5: Yeah, that is actually the one spot of the friending app that did come in handy with a few folks that maybe aren't close friends that you might not be actually seeing all the time to to be able to share the schedule parts. You know, sometimes I ran into folks who. And you all know the same thing. You might have your schedule planned out weeks in advance, but as we all know, con is very dynamic and all of a sudden something changes or you're just too tired to walk two hotels over. It was nice to look down and go, oh, so-and-so is going to be at this particular event. Maybe I'll just go hang out there and then we'll have a beer afterwards or something.
1: Oh, exactly. And, you know, you could even put – you know, find out about a party or if you find out about a rave or something you want to go to, you can do that and you could – and everyone could see that then, so –
5: yeah, it's actually and I a think nice plus the the app itself. Uh, I think it was last year came out fairly early, meaning availability in the different app stores. But again, the schedule itself, it wasn't in there until you know again about a week, give or take a few days before Con. So if someone t- gets excited and tells you first week of August, you can grab the DragonCon app. Yes, you can grab the app, but realize that the schedule in it is going to be just a mere bare bones compared to what it'll eventually be.
1: Because trust me, folks, up to a week before the uh, event, schedules are going to be changing. People are – stars are going to be canceling or they're going to be adding new guests. It's literally up to the day the con starts.
5: Yeah, very, very dynamic. And and even if you're someone who doesn't go a lot of these you know, fan panels or other things, you're just going to go hang around at the bar or, or people watch or cosplay – then the, again, there's still other valuable information in there to, to be using. Maybe you just don't need to use the, like many of us, four color highlighters to figure out your schedule. Oh, but it's so much fun. Come on. <laughs> it's like a puzzle. I do it every year. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But time goes into figuring that out. And then, you know, it gets very dynamic once we get to uh, the actual awesomeness that
1: is on site with Con. Oh, and it's going to be here, folks, before you know it. Yes. Coming up fast. Exactly. Yes,
2: we are less than a hundred days away. <laughs> <laughs>
5: prep, prep, prep! It's all going on now. That's right. That's right. Anything else uh, for us, Kevin? No, I think that should be a good handle on uh, on the pocket guide and, and the app. You again, learn more, ask questions. Lots of folks, you know, here on the podcast and in our newbies group are always waiting to help out other folks. And how can people reach you? If folks go to dragonconnewbies.org You'll see lots of links there to a very active Facebook group, Twitter account, and and other con-related items that folks will get a lot of info from.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, sir, and we will talk to you next month. Excellent. Thanks, guys. And now we have a real treat for us. We've got Michelle Biddick-Simmons with us from the Drop By Dragon Con group, and uh, welcome to the station, Michelle.
4: Thank you. Hello.
2: Hey, um, the first question that we always ask uh, people when they first come on the station, especially about Dragon Con, is when was your first Dragon Con?
4: Oh, it's 13 years now. Good for so you. So I think it's 2001, 2002. My husband's better about the numbers, but it's 13 years this year.
2: Wow. So, yeah, so you are not a newbie by any sense. No, not at all. Awesome, awesome, and uh, yes, in this group, drop uh, drop by DragonCon. I gotta admit that it's—I uh, only found out about it recently, but it sounds uh, like something that should have been in the works a long time ago. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about it.
4: Um, it originally started on LiveJournal um, over eight years ago. Now, um, a guy whose name on LiveJournal was Speaker Wiggins started the group because a writer for Lost had been invited to be on panels at DragonCon, and he did not want to be fat. And so they got together and did this, and it was a support system for him, but it helped so many people. And it's not just – Drop by DragonCon is not just about weight loss. It was then, but it's evolved. And I've had it for um, right around seven years now, and he had handed it off to me because I wanted to keep it going. And at the height, we had over 1,000 members. But it fluxed because of LiveJournal, and when I was dragged to Facebook, I brought it with me. Um, We have members, yes, primarily that are trying to lose weight. We also have members who are trying to gain weight for post-surgery or being ill for extended periods of time. We have people that are at that last 10 pounds and are trying to get that off. We have people trying to bulk up. We have people just trying to tighten up um, or just try to get into the habit of eating well and taking care of themselves. We have everybody, and it's an amazing group.
2: It definitely sounds like something that is is useful for all kinds of people, and not just people who are going to DragonCon, but in in particular – um, anybody who has been to Dragon Con knows that it's a it can be a gruel. It's a workout. I mean, you are, you are on your feet all the time. You're walking from hotel to hotel. A lot of times it's in uh, very hot conditions. And
1: like um, you, we've said a couple right. times on the show, it's like a giant peach tree dish. <laughs>
4: yeah, it is. It's a peach tree dish. Um, well, I, I will say we actually now have members from Gen Con and Momo Con, And um, from Fifty Shades of Geek, we have people that have joined. Um, But this is, um, I tell everybody, if you aren't hydrated when you get there, I can guarantee you're going to get sick. I can guarantee it. Um, The biggest thing, like last year, I usually am on top of that, and I did something really stupid, and I was so busy doing stuff that the week before I didn't prime myself and really push that with the drinking of water. I got heat exhaustion Thursday night. Do you remember how hot it was last year?
1: Oh, yeah, very much so.
4: So I'm in the Marriott talking to friends until 4 in the morning, and when we got to the room, I was so ill. And my husband finally found someplace with um, Pedialyte. And so all of Friday, I was in bed with him bringing me food and Pedialyte and water and people calling and checking, and I was getting so jealous because they were out having such a good time, and I'm stuck in bed. But let me tell you, the Pedialyte did the trick, the water and the Pedialyte. I was up. Early Saturday morning, running to get into the parade in a giant pink ball gown. So, it it helped, but I'll tell you, if you're not hydrated, you're going to get ill.
2: Yeah, that's one thing that we already uh, we we always tell people. That's one of the first rules and of thumb for the for not just Dragon Con but any convention. And any uh, convention. but but also that's good to know too to to prep maybe even just the week or so two weeks before and start hydrating just to get ready.
4: I, I don't even, with the hydration, yeah, but what I tell everybody is this flat out pre con, you treat it like a marathon. You're not going to just go and be able to do those hills or have to climb the stairs if the elevator's not working in the, the Hyatt or it's backed up and you just want to go up to the con suite. Or if you're trying to go from, say, the Weston to the Sheraton and back for two different panels and two different tracks, you had better be ready. Oh, those hills um,
1: are I, incredible.
4: Yeah, and I tell people and they don't believe me, and I'm like, look, it is a vacation, but it's not the vacation you're thinking of on the beach, just being calm. It's you and a lot of other people trying to get where you want to go in the heat, trying to get food when you need food, and you're going to stay up all night. And I say this, um, Dragon Con is the best vacation where you abuse yourself so badly and enjoy every minute of it because you (laughs) eat badly, you drink, you don't get enough sleep. You're up partying, you're talking to people. And then as soon as you leave, you usually have concrete.
2: It's true. Absolutely true. It
4: it is. And it's so what I, I'm going to give you my points on this for them. I consider it a marathon. I say flat out train for it. And so the walking, even if you have health issues and you can barely walk, you're not going to be able to do Dragon Con if you don't have something behind you. If you do 10-minute increments, 10 minute in the morning, 10 minute in the afternoon, 10 minute in the evening, 10 minutes together, that still makes 30 minutes. We actually have science behind that proving that. And we are 90-some-odd days, I think we're 93 days from Dragon Con as of this evening. And so you still have time to actually get in better shape and be able to deal with stuff. Um, do squats. You can go on go on Drop by Dragon Con on Facebook. I have stuff in the files. Go on YouTube and you can actually pull things where you can watch videos of people doing proper forms of squats. Squats are things that almost everybody can do even if you're holding on to a chair and it actually works major muscles in the legs and the, the bum and it actually makes you Use your abdomen and you actually get stronger. Do wall sits, same thing, and that actually gives you endurance. Do planks. Planks, if you do the proper form, even if they're just a few seconds every day and you build up, that is the best thing for your core and that is going to help you when you have to stand in a line for a really long time because that's going to tuck everything in, tighten it up and help your lower back. And everybody who's ever had to stand in a line or sit on the concrete while in a line will tell you you're going to hurt.
1: No, exactly. And these are all things you can do for free. You don't need to join a gym. You don't need to, you know, you have the whole outside around you also go walk.
4: Right. Right. Yeah. Just get out and walk. And, and in fact, one of my friends who, Um, has neurological issues. That's what she, when I asked them today, you know, what suggestions, that was what she said, walk, walk, walk. And this woman has a cane. She's in her 60s, has major neurological issues. I have seen her do those pills at Dragon Con and pass people in their teens and 20s because She's not given in, and she gets out there and walks every day, and she did the thing where she did 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, 10 minutes in the evening, and she can do a couple of hours now. So it, it's one of those things you have to really, really train for this. Um, I'm going to say flat out, make sure that when you get to Dragon Con, you're not already sleep deprived. If you're a costumer, you're going to laugh at me because all of us do that. That last week is the push. But if you're sleep deprived, you're already messing yourself up before you even get there. And make sure you've been eating well before you get there because you wouldn't do it for a marathon. You wouldn't just go and try to run a 23-mile marathon without already prepping for it. The other thing with that is if you do stuff to keep yourself from getting ill, whether it's vitamin C or airborne or any of that, Start it a week ahead of time and bring it with you. Um, I have friends that swear concrete is not real. The first year we went, I had a fever and the chills within like twenty minutes of the first panel that I went to and and i I'm really happy I had airborne. I slammed that the entire time and felt so much better. Um, another thing on this is make sure you have really good shoes and they're not new because I can guarantee blisters, particularly if you don't stay hydrated. Um and bring something uh, like someone um we used to use the doctor Shoals stuff that you put on it to glide to keep you from getting blisters. We found one better by accident for a five k we were doing last year. We couldn't find the doctor. Scholl's. My husband ran out and found this gold bomb thing for like chasing, but it's the best thing for your feet ever. I swear by that um and also if you've never been to Dragon Con, it is hot. The the major hotels do not do AC inside the main parts of the hotels, and so you can go in and be in there, and you're with thousands of other people, and you're hot. So if you can um, try to be someplace where the air is moving. I like to sit outside of um, Velocity when the air is going, because um, that door when it opens, it feels so good. But um, also, if you if you can if you need it bring those next things that you can put in the freezer and they slowly dissipate uh, as they melt. That helps a lot. Um, I, I usually am not a hot person, but last year was really miserable.
1: Exactly. And you've got to be prepared for all kinds of weather with Dragon Con. You have to be prepared for the heat, but you also have to be prepared for rain because right. mm-hmm. especially getting through Dragon Con is like we keep on saying, it's tough sometimes going through the, ha- the habit trails as we like to call them.
4: It, you, know, you know go know, outside,
1: yeah go out if you have to go outside you're going to be out in the heat and humidity, or you could be in the pouring rain. There's right. a chance
4: you know I last always year you have a small umbrella
1: exactly. last year was one of the first years when I went to Dragon con that it's just poured, and we right. had some really deluge. We had some thunderstorms come in
4: well we we we're during we're during um hurricane season exactly hurricane season has gotten earlier and dragon con every year we've been since like the third year we have had um if it it hasn't rained we've had threats of it but um i always carry a small collapsible umbrella with me anyway because i'm a redhead and it saved our lives last year because we were some of the people outside when that rain came down
1: exactly and just you know be prepared for everything because um, even if you're waiting in line, sometimes they put you outside.
4: That's so, why I have the umbrella too.
1: Because sometimes, you know, they they wrap the lines around the hotels. And, that, you know, and, and that's
4: one of the things, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if you have something you want to make it to, you need to make sure you leave early. That is a big thing because the last five years, those lines have gotten a lot longer.
1: Exactly. And, you know, like you like to say on your group page hydrate 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 i do you and
4: that's
1: (laughs) and you know carry a bottle of water with you carry a refillable thing every one of the hotels has water available
4: another thing on that particular thing is my husband swears by this at the con make sure you do the five two and the one rule five hours of sleep minimum even if it's naps naps count two warm mils just go and sit someplace and eat actual food not just the protein bars you need to be bringing with you and take a shower every day please not just for yourself but for everybody and drink that water as you just said um we do we keep a notebook that we have like notes that we jot down that if there's something that was really successful and worked for us we're going to do it next year or if there's something that we're like we're oh, never doing that again it it helps you and it saves you time um There's another thing you'll see me say a lot. It's the 80-20 thing, the rule. If 80% of everything you do and eat is good for you and supports your body, you can do that 20%, and con is no different. If you have alcohol for every glass you drink, have a glass of water. It's going to make your life a lot better, and you're not going to be so hungover and not remember anything the next day. And if you have candy or you have dessert or whatever, Enjoy it. Have a good time. You're going to be walking them off as long as you're not eating it constantly and you're actually getting other food. Um, Other things that go with that, you were saying the complimentary water. If you bring your bottle with you, we we go to Trader Joe's and stock up on stuff and have water in the room, but we'll go and refill our bottles at the little complimentary water stations that they have. And that is a fabulous trick, but please remember not to touch your bottle to the actual spout.
1: Mm-mm. No. It spreads
4: your germs, yeah. and you could get someone else's. And that we actually had someone that got sick from that last year because we realized someone had done that. Um, when you're out and about, talk to people. Don't, don't not talk to people because the best thing about Dragon Con is you're someplace where you're in the world of fandoms with thousands of other people just like you, and you're gonna find somebody that clicks with you. In fact, there are people on Drop by DragonCon that I met, and joined. they joined Drop by Dragon Con because we just chit-chatted and we're still friends, and that's years later. Um, and here's something else. If you are disabled, there is no shame in asking for help. Dragon Con has this set up. On your badge, on your membership, you actually get, I think it's a sticker, And it will help you because I have friends that have stood outside and thank God somebody came along that was working the line and realized they really should not be standing and got them in. Before anybody else was seated, they were already inside. I have two friends with MS and both of them, they got them inside, they got them comfortable because they couldn't handle the heat and they should not have been standing after that long. To go and take advantage of that, that is something none of us are going to be angry or resentful that you're in there. I'm so much happier when my friends are taken care of and I see someone that's in a wheelchair, that's been gotten in there and, and well, exactly, um, is a Well, exactly. Ahead, we
1: ha- we have, um, one of our podcast fellow podcasters, Dr. Scott Vigay is handicapped and he has, you know, he's on crutches most of the time, but you know, it's it's interesting how he has to get around. Sometimes he has to do the Sheraton to the Westin, right? And that's the tough part. But you know, there's a services that he can take advantage of that DragonCon does have.
4: DragonCon has really stepped up. I mean, this is something I'm very, very bad in the app. Wow, you know, things that make your life better. I have so many friends that I know that that literally would not be able to do DragonCon if it weren't for the fact that they are doing so well by the handicapped. And, and, you know, it's not, I had a friend that was really embarrassed by this. And I was like, why? Because she won't, you know, she has a hang tag. She won't use it for her car. So she doesn't want to do it drag and kind I'm like, woman, there are hills here that are going to have you in bed for days if you don't get help. And you're paying to be here. You want to enjoy it. Just do it. And, and it's worth doing that. And I'm really glad one of the women on there reminded me because it's something I don't think about all the time, but I know about And I really appreciate that it's out there. Um, The same with the app. If this is your first time there, you want to make life a little bit easier. As soon as you have access to the app for your phone or you can get online and and download um, the schedule, start making plans. You're going to have to change everything on a fly if something gets altered or, you know, gotten rid of. But, But knowing the stuff you really want to do or having an idea of where... The events are already going on. Is going to help you so much. Exactly. Um, we, when, well, one of the remember? things
1: actually we tell people to do um, with the con, if you get there Thursday, map out the, the location, especially right. if it's your first time. Walk through the hotels. Get familiar with them. People are going to be there already. You'll see costumes on Thursday already.
4: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, um, walk
1: through all the hotels and, you know, find out, oh, this is where the Whedonverse is over at the Westin. Oh, this is where the Brit tracks is over at the Sheraton. Oh, this is where, you know, you know. American sci fi is over at the Marriott. You know, you have to know, you find out where everything is right. beforehand, and it works really, really well for you, and it'll benefit from it. But the maps will definitely also help you. Also, be prepared to change, like we've mentioned earlier in the show when we were talking to Kevin. Um, we, you know, we were talking about the pocket guide. You know, be prepared for schedule changes. Also, be flexible. Okay. Yeah. Flexibility is your best thing. Yeah, Exactly. Flexibility is your biggest thing. Well,
4: that and being willing not to be frustrated or disappointed. Because um, a couple of years ago, do you remember when Nimoy and Shatner had the panel? Of course, yeah. Okay, so we were going to do that and our, our phone alarm didn't go off. Or maybe it went off and we were up to four. So maybe we slept through it. But we were both like, oh, and then we realized, oh, We have DCTV, and let's see if it's yes, it is airing. So we were in bed, curled up, having breakfast, and I was drinking my wonderful tea while we got to watch that and see close-ups of them. So instead of being in that line doing the overflow and ending up someplace nowhere near them to watch them on a screen, we were watching them from the bedroom, and that was fabulous. So DCTV for the major panels. If you can't make it. Or if you have an issue with crowds and you really want to make a major panel or at least see them, stay in your room and do it. Get friends and just plots and, and enjoy. There's, I mean, that, that was a highlight for us, and we weren't even in the room with them, but that was a highlight, and I'm so glad we got to do that. Um, downtime. One of the things you were saying about getting there if you're there Thursday, find places. I find places to have downtime because... There are going to be so many people, and I don't want to be in the room all the time, but there are moments when I'm like, You just need to get me someplace where I can just sit. And my husband is really good about this because he knows I, um, I have a little bit of agoraphobia. And let me tell you, the first time we went to Dragon Con, it was 30 some thousand people, and I had to get over that fast. But every once in a while, it will hit me. And he, we know certain spots and I go and I just sit there and I'll have something to drink and I'll talk to people. And I'm not in that crowd with that constant noise. Though I will say right now, and I mentioned this earlier, you're going to have post-con blues. You're not going to think it's going to happen, but there's going to be this moment when you leave the con that that loud noise not being there anymore is going to be upsetting that not seeing thousands of other people in costume upsetting and it's like a crash and it literally is a little bit of like depression after the con but um i i came up with some things that we always use to help with our problem with this the first year we left we went into kroger's the next day to go pick up something and i i got this weird look and paul's like what is the matter and i said all of a sudden i'm really like, I'm looking for stormtroopers and Klingons, and I'm really upset that Kroger's does not have them. And Paul's like, okay, that's just insane. And then he came home from work and said, I had the same exact thing, thing happen today. That all of a sudden, I was looking for them, and I was like, okay, this is going to be a thing we're going to have to figure out how to deal with, because it's like leaving an amusement park. Um, well, it's, the, a the total, it, it's
1: a total adrenaline come down, basically. It
4: is. It is, because it's like you just, at an amusement park, you just came off those rides and things. And and it's the same thing. You're not in an elevator with Malcolm um, McDonald, which I got the wrong name, McDowell. Um, I've been in the elevator with him like four times, and we've had great conversations. And he's not at Kroger's when you go. And, and it's just – or just seeing your friends you don't get to see very often. That makes a huge difference. But um, we start planning next year as soon as we leave. We already are like what we want to do, what things we're going to change, what costumes – um, make sure you join groups because you made friends at this con. Keep in touch with them and join groups. And every time someone needs that rush, you you ask. It's it's like asking for applause or a boost because I can guarantee other people are going through the same thing. And and something I say on Drop by Dragon Con, um, when people join Drop by Dragon Con, it's the same thing with, with Dragon Con or the official Dragon Con site or any of the tracks. There are all these other people there that are like your best geeky buddies that when there's something that you're down about or something that you really need to talk about, there is going to be somebody there who is in the same situation. And if you're really crashing, someone is going to step up and they're going to hold your arm and they're going to talk you through. It's virtual, but they're there for you. And so reaching out and making sure you're keeping in touch with other people, biggest thing to help you through this.
1: Exactly. So well put. Very much so. We're we're running low on time right now. So do you want to tell people how you can find your group again?
4: If you go to Facebook, it's Drop by Dragon Con. Um, just type it in. Even though some of the things are capitalized, it should pop up really easily. Um, it's a closed group because we've had so many people try to get in that were you know spam bots, etc. And we want to just make sure that anybody that's joining is joining for the right reason. So I go in and I vet, like, oh, look at your profile, if I can see anything. And quite often we have, like, the the spam bots try. And so luckily I've been able to get every one of them not to get in. But please feel free to contact me if you have any questions. Um, just, you know, it's a really good group. It's not there just to lose weight. But if you need to, something that's really important to me is, It hurts me to see other people feeling left out. Or as I say, and this sounds horrible, but the the two seats, one butt. I get so upset when I see someone that needs someone to reach out to them and just say, look, we're, we're all dealing with something. If you need us, we're here. We'll help you. And so, please come and check us out. It is an amazing group of people, and they're like hummingbirds. You may see fifteen people one day, but trust me, for every person, there are fifteen or twenty people waiting for you to say something that's going to connect with them.
2: Exactly, that's a great. And thank way you, to put you so it. much
4: for having me.
2: Oh, thank you. I mean, what you're what you're doing is actually a, a very good service. And uh, I mean, we like to joke and we like to kid around about about all things DragonCon related, but you know. Um, I think the important thing is that we sometimes overlook is that we want everybody to be healthy, happy, safe during the not just during the convention, but all the time. So, what you're doing right. actually helps out, uh, you know.